real pleasure to say good morning and welcome back to Professor Margaret McQuaig Johnson, a senior fellow at the Graduate School of Public and International Affairs and a good friend of this program. Joining us this morning from Ottawa, Professor McQuaig Johnson. Margaret, good morning and welcome back. Thanks very much, Sterling. Thanks for inviting me. Well, it's great to have you with us. It always is fun. I'm very curious. I'm I'm looking at an article that you wrote very recently at theconversation.com entitled Five Ways for Canada to Tackle Chinese Interference After the Trudeau-Xi Showdown. So, Margaret, let's begin with that showdown. I'm very curious about your reaction to the uh, apparent dressing down by the president of China of the prime minister of Canada while the whole world watched. Right. Well, this uh, this actually unfolded over two meetings between Trudeau and Xi. They weren't formal meetings. They were just, um, you know, they ran into one another in the big meeting room where people were milling around. Mm-hmm. They were caught on camera. Um, so, so we know in the first one, the prime minister raised a number of issues, including foreign interference. And there's been a lot of discussion here in Canada about China's uh, interference in a number of uh, fronts. And, uh, and then the second one, she uh, himself talked to the prime minister about he should not have revealed to the media right. what they had talked about. And it, it was interesting to see that, in fact, the prime minister stuck to his guns and and, uh, and said, you know, uh, we may disagree on some things, but we want to have a constructive um, relationship. And uh, so he, he really didn't accept the dressing down that she tried to give him. Uh, body language experts, uh, very interesting in terms of the way she uh, presents himself and, and conducted himself during that, for example, not exactly ever looking at Trudeau eye contact wise and lecturing rather than than conversing. Uh, nonetheless, in this article that, uh, that you've written very recently, and it's a good one, it's a great reason to have you back on the show, you recommend five steps that the government of Canada, which is continuing to present itself as being somewhat better baffled by all of this uh, Chinese interference going on at so many different levels all at once, and the Prime Minister only admitting to knowing certain facts and certain realities, you come across with five steps in taking action, and uh, a lot of that involves in something, actions, Margaret, that you say probably should have been started a long time ago. What's step one? Well, step one is to investigate um, the the allegations against um, um, uh, a Toronto businessman that he was actually feeding $250,000 into 11 candidates in uh, the 2019 election. Mm-hmm. And that that's very serious. This was a story broken by the stellar uh, investigative reporter Sam Cooper. And uh, and so this is this is extremely serious. It's illegal for people in other countries to fund our elections, to fund candidates. Um, in addition, there was an allegation that uh, there were staffers put in by by Chinese interests into various members of Parliament's offices, mm-hmm. and uh, to, in order to impact policy in China's favor, that too has to be investigated, and they need to go back to the security clearances and and look much more carefully at them. And then third, the one thing that the prime minister said he had raised with Xi specifically was this story of police stations uh, in Canada. Yes. 
three three Chinese police stations in the Toronto area, and I understand there's uh, at least uh, one more in uh, Vancouver. You bet. <clears throat> so these are storefronts for um, Chinese police authorities to put pressure on the Chinese diaspora, in some cases to return to China to stand trials, or in the case of the Uyghurs, to return to China to go through this, the, the um, indoctrination camps and p- potentially go to prison for what they've said against China in the past. That's very serious, and the RCMP is in, investigating. There are investigations of that in 13 other countries as well. These things are all over the world. Uh, but as of yesterday morning, um, the RCMP still had not contacted the uh, human rights organization based in Europe who broke this story. And uh, so they really need to get on top of that. But that's the first thing the government needs to do is ensure these police investigations uh, move quickly. I think a lot of Canadians would agree with you on that. We had Marcus Kolga on with us last Saturday, and he talked about something that you mentioned as item number four on your list of five. Marcus talked about the Foreign Influence Registry Act. It's a a fact in Australia and other countries around the world. It allows at least uh, the recognition of foreign agents in our midst to declare themselves as such, right? That's right. And there have been calls for many years uh, to have uh, such a registry. Kenny Chu, who's a B.C. uh, former MP, uh, actually introduced legislation in the House um, to bring in such a registry. And uh, the impact of that was to have Chinese interests bombard WeChat with messages against Kenny Chu saying he was anti-China, which he's not. Mm -hmm. And then, and he lost the election as a consequence. It's really tragic. Uh, you know, he was he was uh, impacted directly by the same kind of misinformation and disinformation. He said uh, was um, you know rampant from Chinese state authorities. Right, and and it could have affected up to eleven seats in that last election. The final item of your short list of five is to do something the Brits have already done, Margaret, and that's uh, talking about the National Security Act. What did the Brits do? So that's a much broader um, bill that's uh, within their umbrella National Security Act. And it would deter foreign interference and increase penalties. Right now in Canada, the penalty for interfering with our election is um, is uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine and uh, and six months in jail. Those are the maximums, mm. which may not deter um, you know some Chinese authorities. So, and we, we need to be looking at if if it's true that the Toronto consulate has interfered in our election, which uh, Melanie Jolie uh, called intolerable, and Marco Mendocino, the, the public secu- safety minister, said any, anyone will face serious consequences. If uh, employees at the consulate uh, are guilty of doing this, they must be uh, deported from Canada. 
All right, Margaret, final question to you. Unfortunately, we're almost out of time, and it's always a treasure to have you on the show. What sort of real appetite do you sense for some kind of immediate action by the government of Canada? 38 million Canadians want them to take in terms of telling China to, enough already. It's You're done. It's time to deal with a new reality. Well, I, I see is, um, indications that the government is is becoming much more aware of the geopolitical risks that China presents. Um, the foreign minister, Melanie Jolie, made a speech uh, in Toronto a couple of weeks ago outlining some of the uh, geopolitical risks. In, and she's going to be unveiling Canada's Indo-Pacific policy, uh, we believe, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock okay. in Vancouver, and we'll hear more about it then. All right. Margaret McQuaig-Johnson has written a terrific article, friends. It's at theconversation.com. It's five ways for Canada to tackle Chinese interference after the Trudeau-Xi showdown. Margaret, a pleasure to have you back with us. Thanks ever so much for making yourself available to us. Thanks, Sterling. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.